well, well, well. And that means fade the deuce. What's up, Matt? What's up, Kevin? How you guys doing this week? Great. Well, they threw a somebody got a copy of my picks from last week, and I heard they threw them in a garbage can underneath Memorial Stadium yesterday, and then <laughs> fire ensued, man. And, and right. a bad one. dumpster fire, not like I'm on fire. Bad week, but uh, always bounce back. Let's get after it. So. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, I, I was talking to Ryan a little bit offline. How about the uh, Jalen Daniels uh, about 30 minutes before kick? Saying he's not going to be uh, starting for KU, that that kind of hurt too. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that compounded with a really great sports weekend for me. Sports weekend all the way around. Uh, you know, I I head to church on Sunday morning to check my fantasy lineups. Deshaun Watson's questionable, but's going to play. Left him in. Of course, he didn't. He made yeah. the bet, bet on. We both bet on Kansas. You know, Jalen Daniels doesn't play. Like you know, uh, terrible kicker. beat at Duke. Yeah, bad, that was a bad. Bad beat in the Notre Dame game. Like this. Uh, any way you slice it, it was a bad break, a bad whatever you want to call it. I mean, just uh, it looked like Notre Dame was going to pull that one out, and then you know anything can happen. Sadly, with injuries and uh, but the, the Jalen Daniels ones really surprised me the most because, and I think it bothered me the most too because I really wanted to see how good Kansas was, you know. So you want to see kind of compare. It's like how good is he at Texas? Like because we know he's. You know, he was a difference between Illinois and Kansas in the game. So I would have loved to see that. So um, maybe find out how good Texas is this week. So Yeah. yeah. You know, and so this last week, both of you went two and four. Biggest difference is Matt's getting his locks up, man. You're three and three on your locks, Matt. So Mm -hmm. you're working your way up. You know, Kev's still four and two. That's pretty good. Um, and, hey, and, and full dis- full disclosure, it was a heart pick on the lock, and I and I had to throw in some golf on there. You know, I got to throw in my golf stuff on there. That the Ryder Cup, man. That if if you're into watching it, it's it's so such a fun event to watch. But man, it was heartbreaking watching the way we lost that. So uh, uh, I need to, I have to start. I have to start getting into this Ryder Cup stuff. I just don't. I'm just not. Man, I know it's weird, but. I'm not, I'm not, it, it means something to those dudes, doesn't it? I mean, Glory yeah. was pointing and going after people, yelling, yelling at caddies. I mean, it was wild. The best part about the Ryder Cup, Ryan, is in, in, get into it in 2025 because it's in the U.S. and you can watch it at normal times. So I'm like, I had buddies literally setting their alarm clock to wake up at 1 in the morning, Friday and Saturday, start watching it. But yeah. it's it's golf with like a it's football level atmosphere. Like, I mean, the fans are yelling at players. Players are yelling at fans. They're making gestures. I mean, there's just, it's just more intense. And Sunday singles is just freaking like you're, you're watching like every, like every putt that went in for the U S like I'm firing off the couch. I'm like, yeah, let's go. You know, I mean, it's just different golf. It's, it's not rooting for your guy to win. It's, it's totally, it's, it's, it's a different level. It's rooting for your team. So. Absolutely. I, uh, yeah, I'll have to start off to, to, to give it a shot. You know, I just, it's just something that to me, what I was wondering was, uh, what is it? Do you think it's so difficult to win in Europe, but Europeans can have won in the United States? Is it the courses? Uh, we're, we're holding serve fairly decent in the United States. I would I would argue that it's a couple different things. The Euros seem, and, and Paul Azinger said this, the European team players seem to play much better in a team format, which is, you know, 16 of the total 28 points. Uh, Americans are highly individual, highly individualistic. I also think that, 
Rory McIlroy is is Irish first and European second, <laughs> where all the Americans are Americans first. And so it's, I, I think there's – I don't want to say less – like I think they, they roll with the punches a little bit better than the U.S. does. What uh, As we transition to the first game, Kevin or Matt, you can tell me, which uh, what was uh, Rory so upset about? I'm just curious. Didn't he get in the line of a, a or of a caddy got his line at one point and he said something to him yeah. and they were kind of going back and forth and the caddy like, why the hell are you yelling at me for? And then it spilled over into the parking lot um, at the carport and it looked like the caddy was kind of in the middle of that. It was the same caddy, but he was trying to defuse the situation. And what he, I don't think your uh, Rory was actually yelling at him, but it, there was just a lot going on there. <laughs> It's, it's the only time in golf you get to see the the like the, the NASCAR fights of golf. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, the funny thing about golf is these dudes are all pretty cool with one another. Ninety percent of the time, it's just the Ryder Cup brings it out of them a little bit. So, well, you know what? The people paid to see this. I mean, come on, you pay. Some of them, well, some of them pay for Twitter anyway or X. But no, this is what the people came to see. They came to see the picks. So this That's is right. what this is what they came to see. This is why people got their popcorn ready, their cold beverages. You know, they put the kids to bed early. It's for this. So Oklahoma, Texas, the Red River Shootout, right? The Red River Rivalry, whatever. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, not sure. Is it actually played in the old Cotton Bowl? Do they still do it that? Is. Okay. Uh, where Illinois played their uh, their bowl my, game, the yeah, Tech, my boy. Riley O'Toole, friend of the show, was a starting quarterback in that game. I gotta get we gotta get him on soon, by the way. It's about three and a half miles from where I live in Dallas, where I do and I just have a like my Swami senses are telling me I think maybe next year you guys might meet up there. I think you might that would be awesome. I've got I've got it on the list. I really want to go. Really wanted to go this year. Uh I'm leaving for Vegas on Friday morning. I've got a work conference Friday and Saturday, so I won't be able to make it. This would be a great year to go. It's an incredible event. Like you hear about all the fried foods. The one that won uh, most savory dish this year was fried pho, which is I would I think that would be amazing to try. So I I think I'm gonna take the kids and the family next year and head down there and uh, maybe meet up with Matt and his little one. And yeah, uh, I mean, there's nothing like the Texas State Fair. It's, so it's in this matchup, oh, Brent Brent Venables has his Oklahoma team turned around. They look they look really really good. Um, it looks like offensively they look a lot better, and defensively, obviously, they look a lot better than they did last year. And of course, that's his forte. You know, when he come from Clemson, you expect a dominant defense there in Norman, and they look uh, they looked the part this year. Of course, going against Steve Sarkeesian's Texas club that clubbed <clears throat> Kansas last week without uh, Jalen Daniels. So, other than that, really impressive win at Bama, which I mean, that's still a big one. You know, we really would have liked to seen what Texas could is. They're going to find out this week. So, Matt, we'll go. We'll start with you. Uh, Texas six and a half point favorite. What do you got? Yeah, I I think both of these teams are much improved. I, Oklahoma more so than Texas, but I think they're they're better football teams than last year. And this is an OU team that's coming off a forty nine nothing drubbing last year in the Red River Shootout. And, uh, I mean, they were just downright embarrassed. Fans were embarrassed. People left at halftime. They just couldn't compete. I think this year is going to be a much different year. Um, I expect a lot of points. I expect this back to the days of when they're going toe-to-toe, lighting up the scoreboard. 
Um, only the third time they've ever been five and zero. Both teams five and zero coming in this game. Uh, I, I I really think it's going to be a great game. I am going to hang my hat on the only kind of saving grace for Texas here, and I'm going to take Texas minus six and a half. And I'm going to say that because of their win at Alabama. Um, and I owe you. Yes, they're much improved. I don't think they've been tested like Texas has yet. Under a touchdown, I'm going to take Texas. I still think Oklahoma's defense will give Texas some um, some major problems here, but I think they're going to still be able to score. I, I like in this game, give me about 35-27, uh, somewhere around there, 35-28, right at seven points. I think it's going to be close throughout. All right. Um, so I live here. I live in Oklahoma City. Matt's obviously in Texas, but – um, Norman, where the University of Oklahoma is, for those who don't know, is pretty much a suburb of Oklahoma City. Uh, I've been to quite a few games down there, so I do have a little bit of affinity for Oklahoma. And this actually harkens back to the 80s. Uh, Nebraska came to Champaign and beat the dog piss out of Illinois like in 1986. I was a kid in stands, and I was really – I think it was like 49-7 or something like that. And I hated Nebraska ever since. And so uh, Nebraska used to play Oklahoma on Thanksgiving. So I have a little bit of homer, and my homer picks are bad, right? Uh, I'm going to go with Oklahoma here. They're, they're the only team in the nation that's in the top five in scoring offense and scoring defense. However, however, however. <laughs> their strength of schedule is like in the hundreds. Yeah. Um, the best team they've played all year is Cincinnati at Cincinnati, and it was a game. It was 20 to 6. They were in a battle with SMU. But that being said, I'm going to look at some things. And, and college sports serves this more, more so than pro sports, is the emotional factor here. Oklahoma, like Matt said, flat out embarrassed last year, 49 to nothing, never seen anything like it. Um, Oklahoma fans were really distraught. I know that this is this is this is Oklahoma's biggest game. Yep. Texas has already had a huge game with Alabama. It's really hard to keep kids up. It's also hard to to, to really they, – they think they're going to come in there and, and whoop Oklahoma, I think. So I think Oklahoma keeps this as a game. I, I like Matt's score area. I'm like 31-27. I think Texas probably wins this. Texas is more battle-tested. Front seven is really good. Yep. But Oklahoma and Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel will be the best quarterback Texas has faced this year. And I really like the stuff that they're doing offensively. They're spreading the ball out, spreading it around, getting the ball out of his hands quickly. Uh, Texas is going to have to generate some pressure with probably the best front seven in the country, what it looks like right now. They're incredible. Um, but like I said, I'm, I'm going with emotions. And that, that I think Oklahoma might even take an early lead. And uh, I, like I said, I think Texas is the overall better team here. So give me, give me, give me Oklahoma in the points. All right. So – which I think actually this next game we're going to talk about is uh, it's, I would say maybe the second or third, you know, most intriguing game to a degree uh, because, you know, why Georgia is the most to me, the best team in the country. I think UK Kentucky's Mark Stoops always has his boys, you know, good. Like you can just tell they're usually sound defensively. They really don't beat them a lot. And of course, Devin Leary uh, is their, uh, quarterback so yeah. you know they've got a really good leader I think that's kind of what you know they had Will Levis last year I guess I can't say that's what they've been missing because you know they've had they had Will Levis but um, after a little bit of a down year last year at seven and five you know for Kentucky uh, they seem to be you know rolling again ranked 
Um, Georgia had actually shown some weakness this year. You know, South Carolina had them down for quite a bit in their matchup. Uh, maybe Georgia's not as dominant as they have been. Uh, the line is 14 and a half, Kevin. Uh, what do you, uh, what are you thinking on this one? Um, it's, it's really tough to bet against Georgia at home at night, Yeah, but I'm going to do it anyway. I think the points are too much here. I think this is a pretty darn good Kentucky football team. Uh, they really handed it to Florida. They've got a really, they, they talk about front seven. They've got a really solid front seven. They're playing really good. Uh, defense right now. I get the better quarterback in this game, in my opinion, in Devin Leary. He's got a, a ton of experience coming over from NC State, the transfer there. Uh, I think Georgia wins this game, but what Georgia is really struggling with, and I was listening to it on College Sports Radio today, uh, Jacob Hester and Chris Doran were talking about it, is like, you know, replacing Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter, you know, those guys drafted in back-to-back years. The number of guys on the I mean, heck, half the Philadelphia Eagles defense is, is guys who played for Georgia the past two years, it seems like. Yeah, yeah exactly. Fly, Eagles, fly. There you go, Matt. That's your boys there. Right. Um, it's uh, – I, I just – I think Kentucky can keep this within the number. Georgia's not really housing anybody. Uh, Georgia – neither one of these teams have played a brutal schedule so far. This is going to be a prove-it game. I just don't think – I think Georgia, I think Kentucky can hang with Georgia and keep it close. I think uh, there's something just not clicking with Georgia – Give me something in this game like uh, 27-21 Georgia, 20, 21-17, somewhere, somewhere in that range. I, I like yeah. I like getting two I like getting two touchdowns and a hook here. Give, give me the Wildcats. All right, what you got? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Kev here, and I, I love the hook here on the uh, 14 and a half as well. And I'm gonna go ahead and take Kentucky. I mean, both five and O teams. I would also. I think Georgia started a little slow in the first half of games this year. Um, they played behind a couple times in uh, early starts, and it's it's just like it hasn't clicked. I mean, obviously, they're the number one team in the country for a reason. Um, they're very talented at a lot of different positions, but I just don't think they put it all together yet. And last year, Kentucky held Georgia to their lowest scoring output of the season, 16 points. And then three out of the last four meetings um, that they've uh, come in contact with each other, it's been um, 21 or less than three out of the four. So I, I think this is a Kentucky team that kind of has Georgia's number in that area on the defense side of the ball. Um, and I'm kind of used to low scoring games. It was 16 to six last year. Um, and at 14 and a half points, I just think it's way too many. I think Georgia wins this game, but I think they start slow, and I think it gives uh, UK a, a chance to stay in the game. And you know, maybe Georgia needs a late touchdown and a field goal to to make it ten or so. But too many points here. You know, transitioning to game three, it's it just makes me sad. I mean, I, Elijah Drinkwitz is like your local chemistry teacher. You know, it's. He's got him. He's got him going. You know they're they're doing good there. At um, what a nerd is Miz. I know it's like how do you commit to a guy like that? Like you I know, know, like seriously, when you got these SEC offers that some of these guys have, or even other offers, Big Ten offers, and you're like, oh, mom, I want to play for that guy, and they're like, who? <laughs> the guy in those like uh, little like Harry Potter glasses and. He wears the, uh, you know, the the hat with his hair. Where it can, he can part it and comb it over the fucking bill of his hat. You know, that that guy. You know, <laughs> yeah. I want to play right. for that guy. You're like, okay. 
Luckily, NIL is coming at a good time for Missouri. That's right. Because that's the only thing that's uh, that's keeping them, you know, where they're at right anyway. So a ranked Missouri team. Have you, have you ever have you, have you ever been to Columbia, Missouri? There, there, there's a lot of talent there, and I'm not talking about the football field. <laughs> <laughs> they, they do have SEC talent. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I've drove by, but that's about it. <laughs> so uh, Missouri, he's got them playing like we wish our line were playing. Um, and they've that's got they've, we've uh, they've got Baton Rouge's finest LSU coming to town. Uh, LSU a six and a half point favorite. You know, Matt is uh, is Missouri going to get an upset here? Are they going to push themselves into the upper echelon of the SEC? No way. I, I I say LSU takes this, and I'll take the points with LSU six and a half. Uh, the the hungry dog eats faster here uh, mentality. They've already got two September losses. They know they cannot afford a third. This is they are going to be preparing for this game like their life depends on it. And they're going to have to do it for the rest of the season because even, I mean, if they want to contend for uh, an SEC West title, um, there's just too much at stake here for LSU. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I think Mizzou's had a a fine season. They're five and oh, Brady cook, uh, 11 touchdowns, no interceptions, completing 75% of his passes. I mean, big ups to him on that, but they've struggled against a lot of mid teams. Mine is probably K-State. I wouldn't put K-State in a mid-level team. But other than that, I mean, they were in a game against Vanderbilt. Um, and there was one other game that, you know, they they just kind of messed around and ended up winning at the end. But um, they're not putting anybody away. And I do not think they can score enough points to keep up with this LSU team. Um, LSU scored 49 last week and still lost. Um, so let's see if Mizzou can stop them. I don't think they can. I'm taking LSU minus six and a half. This game is such, such a quandary here, right? Um, you look at, you look at these two teams and like, you look up total stats, total defense, Missouri's 29th in the nation. LSU's like 115th, Illinois, they're behind Illinois. Um, you look at total offense though, you know, LSU's a top 10 total offense, Missouri's 40th defensive rank. So you're like, oh, okay. It's, it's it's screaming a little bit of over, like Matt said. I think the number's at 64 and a half points. I think I really do like that over. Uh, and then, But you look at, like, what's wrong with LSU's defense? But then you look at strength of schedule. LSU, um, is according to um, Power Rankings Guru, has played, like, the third or fourth toughest schedule in America, the fourth toughest schedule in America. Illinois is 11th, by the way, if anybody wants to know. Missouri's 90th. I'm so torn on this game. I don't know where to go. So yeah. I'm going to just take the points here. LSU's defense is a wreck. Garbage. I mean, they're, 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 they're giving up points, which is weird for a Brian Kelly team to not have a, a, a decent defense here. But I just think that – I think this might be a backdoor cover. I think this could be like a 49-42 with Missouri scoring – a 49 49- 45 when Missouri scoring a touchdown late or something like that. I hate taking Missouri. I hate, I hate betting on them. I don't think they win this game. I think Matt, Matt everything Matt said is right. And I, and, and, and I'm, le- I want to lean that way. I want to, I want to, I want to take the, the, the Bayou Bengals over the, the kitty cats from Columbia, but I'm going to take Missouri until LSU's defense proves me otherwise. So. Yeah. And just a little note, over nine and zero in the last nine games for LSU, seven and two for Missouri. So, 
They're they're both scoring points. I, I think there's some value there. Maybe. Yeah, and I think it's 64 and a half, which seems very reasonable to me to, to take that over there. Yeah, Matt's bringing that fire, man. He's got that. Yeah, he's, he's got that all-terrain vehicle under the horseshoe mentality, baby. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, every heart every heart pick that I've made this year has blown up in my face, including when I took Kansas State over Missouri earlier in the year. Yeah. So I'm gonna go <laughs> go against my heart. Uh, it isn't. It isn't Columbia. If this was in Baton Rouge, the spread would be probably twelve or something like that. But you know, yeah, I, I, think, oh, I, I know it's Kevin to do that though. It hurts. Ugh, I freaking hurt. hate him. All right, so let's go. You know what? Forget all this high scoring. Actually, well, high scoring <laughs> action. You know it, this next Big Ten matchup. Well, the first Big Ten matchup, but really, I think the only Big Ten matchup that's going to be high scoring, and and that's why we're talking about it. Uh, let's go Maryland at o- Ohio State. So it's in Columbus. Um, Maryland's five and zero. Is it a fool's gold five and zero? Are they legit, or is it you know just going to be you know a typical thrashing you know in, in Columbus? So Kevin. Um, We'll start with you on this one. A five and zero Maryland team that's still pretty darn impressive. I think you know they'd be definitely vying for the Big Ten West title, in my opinion. Uh, if they were in the West, I do know that their schedule really hasn't been the best, but I still think 116. Yeah, 116th. <laughs> but you still, you know, when you can, uh, you still go on the road and throttle Michigan State, even though Michigan State outgained them. Uh, Ohio State's 19-and-a-half-point favorite. There has to be a reason for that, right, Kevin? Well, yeah, there's perception that's always involved in these games, and they're also playing at home, and Ohio State seems to be finding its its its, its mojo a little bit. Yeah. But I think that, that that number, almost giving up three touchdowns, is, is too much to me. I think – I think Maryland has has found something here. I think they've got they, their defense is much improved. They've always had good offense. They got Tiger Viola. Back, forgive me, I can't say it. To his brother, <laughs> Tian, right? Hi. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and and Loxley's always been a, a really good offensive coach there. I think they score enough to keep this within the number here. Um, I, I'm. In the other, I, I, this is a this is a weird game. This is you know we talk about all the time at Fade the Deuce. We pick games that the public wants to, that, that our listeners want to know about, and this is probably the the most premier uh, Big Ten game this week. You have Maryland, who probably should be ranked if they're not. Um, Ohio State obviously is ranked. Actually, Maryland's not ranked. Correct? They're no, still sitting on the. The, the voters yeah. are not. Yeah. The voters don't yeah. believe in them. They're just like, nah, they haven't played anybody. Another, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So I mean, this is this is the premier Big Ten game of the week. Um, I, I wouldn't. I'm not going to actually make a play on this one. But you know, you put a gun to my head on the show. I'm going to take Maryland and almost the 20 points. I think they keep it within the number. I think they got enough offense, and I think their defense is, is improved enough to keep Ohio State from hanging a huge number on them. So Kevin's saying yeah. maybe like a 45-28 type of win, something like that. It's, uh, yeah, it's very possible. Yeah, so Matt. 30, 30, 30, 35, 23, something like that, yeah. Okay, so Matt, uh, are you in agreement here? I am going to go against Kev on this one, and I'm going to take the Buckeyes at home and the points, minus 19 and a half. Kev's right, though. Um, both of these offenses are good, but I would actually give the edge to Maryland in this situation. 
they've looked very good on offense. Um, they're scoring an averaging margin of victory is 18 points or more in every game they played. What we've already t- uh, touched on, the strength of schedule is just not there for me. They've got to win against Indiana. They've got to uh, win against uh, a reeling Sparty squad. But other than that, they've played nobody. Um, but I do think they're very capable capable on offense. Um, that said, in the horseshoe in Columbus, I and I'll have a play maybe a little later on the show uh, for this game, but um, what happened in the last couple years when Maryland has started off 4-0, 3-1, 4-1, kind of like this, they go someplace, play on the road, and it is they lay an absolute oh. egg, I think. Um, let's see, 54, 51 to 14 in Iowa and 2021. And then they uh, lost by 59 in Happy Valley in 2019 after great starts of seasons because they played nobody. So I'm going to take, um, you know, call a spade a spade. I think this is still kind of a Maryland program in that uh, same mold. And I, I, I'm going to take Ohio State here. I think it could get out of hand, but I know. Maryland can score to maybe keep it respectable, but I, I'll, I'll take Ohio State by more than two touch or three touchdowns. Just having some fun as the host, maybe a little devil's advocate. I think last year's Maryland team, you know, finished on a pretty decent uh, note. They won the Duke's Mayo Bowl, right? But they also last year in the game you're talking about, actually, my, uh, Matt, they went to Ann Arbor and gave Michigan a really good game. They did, and I think they only lost by eight. I think they, I think Mike they had a chance in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think Mike Loxley's reeling it in a little bit, and uh, I think this game to me feels like a you know forty nine to thirty, you know maybe thirty thirty one thirty two. So this number that's it's fun, but yeah, I think I think uh, it's McCord and Ohio State going to score enough to get that spread up. We'll we'll see, we'll see. yeah. So. Uh, this is, that was a fun one to pick, you know. So uh, I think we'll, yeah, we might hear about that again here in a, about ten minutes. So uh, Purdue, Iowa. Okay, so this one, the final matchup of the week that we discuss, Purdue coming off a throttling of uh, our Fighting Illini, forty-four to nineteen, and it even though the net showed really Illinois either out in Purdue or was fairly even. Uh, they took advantage of, of a big, you know, some turnovers and Illinois' uh, penalties and Illinois shooting themselves in the foot. Purdue took advantage of that. So they got up to two and three. They're playing an Iowa team who just lost Cade McNamara. They've got Deacon Hill now as their starter. His first start didn't really look that good to me against Michigan State. You know, obviously there could be some jitters there. But uh, Purdue probably feeling really good heading into uh, – Iowa City, uh, Matt, what do you got? Yeah, this is kind of a toss-up just because of, like you said, Deacon Hill coming in and, and starting his first true start at Iowa, the transfer from Wisconsin. Uh, watched a little bit of him last week. Wasn't too impressed, but, you know, I'll I'll give him a pass. I mean, he's, he's thrown into the fire there and, um, you know, still got the team the win and threw a touchdown pass late in the fourth quarter. Um, I, I think this is a Purdue team that's decent. I mean, they can score. So it's going to come down to um, the Iowa defense versus the Purdue offense for me. Um, I just don't know if they can score against this Iowa defense. It's still pretty stout. 
I expect a low-scoring game here. I, I I don't see – I think uh, Purdue has got 12 rushing touchdowns on the year and only five pass, and Iowa has not given up one rushing touchdown all season. So that right there, how is Purdue going to score if they can't get it in the end zone running uh, with a running game? Um, can they lean on Hudson card to throw a couple TD passes? Yeah, maybe one. I don't, I don't see him throwing more than one in this game. Um, so on a low spread like this, I'll take the home team minus one and a half. Um, give me the momentum of home and kind of the, the atmosphere and, and give me the Iowa Hawkeyes. And before we get to Kevin, um, interesting enough, and literally about every Purdue game, Somebody has scored nearly 40 points or over 40 points. Do you see – is that going to come into play with this? It's like I don't think Iowa is capable of that, and I don't think their defense is capable of giving up that many points. So that's going to be an interesting one here. Kevin, what say you? Uh, it's one It's one of those deals. Like I, I think the teams – the teams kind of rally around themselves when you have a situation like that with, with McNamara being – it's it's like the one game reaction yep. where te- teams rally. Now I know I said this for Michigan State earlier in the year, and and I was wrong. I think you see it this week. I think Iowa, Iowa rallies the troops, uh, understands what they have to do. I think that they can run the ball well enough on Purdue. Um, this over unders at thirty eight and a half. I really like the under. I see this being something like thirteen to 10, yeah. 17, 14. Um, Iowa's special teams and ability to score on defense has remained the same the past few years. Uh, you saw that the punt return by Dijon, Cooper Dijon, that dude is legit. Huge. Uh, I, I would not be surprised if he got a pick six in this game. I mean, that that he he is a first round level defensive back at the neck in, in the NFL. Uh, I just can't. I I'm not a believer in Purdue. Even after what they did to our Illini, I think it was more indicative of Illinois shooting itself in the foot than Purdue being good. Yep. I think Iowa will be able to run the ball and control the clock. Um, advantage special teams is huge, huge, huge for Iowa in this one. And when you and I know it's weird, we're going to talk about special teams, but when you're talking about an Iowa team that has struggle moving the ball, but teams can't move the ball against them, it comes into play in it just like it did on Saturday night against Michigan State. Iowa has one of the best punters in the nation. They've got a solid field goal kicking. Purdue's field goal kicking is really shaky. They're in, they're on their backup guy, and they've got the worst punter in the conference. Too bad Illinois didn't make him punt very often. Hmm. So. Uh, give give me that edge. I got I got Iowa is a better team and two out of the three factors and they're at home. Uh, one and a half points is not enough for me to change my mind on this one. I'll take the Hawkeyes, like I said, in a low scoring, like 13, 10, 17, 14, something like that. Yeah, I think that's spot on. And one thing of note is that the Purdue special teams allowed a punt block last week to Illinois as well. Uh, Ashton Hollins did, did get his finger on it. And uh, so that goes. And an extra point block. Yes. And yeah, right. Um, real quick before we get into our locks, I love when we have our comments from people, especially with this bold prediction from Sean Garner. Love it. Bold, if I've ever seen one. Commanders over the Bears tomorrow. Love it, Sean. That's minus five and a half. Yeah. Commanders over the Bears. Just winning. There's no, just they're going to win. There's no yeah, I, I, I would I would money line it that 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 I don't know about that number, but I do think their defensive line is going to give Justin Fields fits. So we'll see what happens. And they're really good up front. <laughs> yeah, uh, and St. Dominic's Rosary has Iowa uh, 
covering the uh, point and a half. So, hey, we appreciate the input and uh, love it. And I was having fun with you, Sean. I'm just saying when the Bears, you blow a game to the Broncos, you know, pick. Yes. 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 I know Kevin loves it. Uh, I was. Harvin Harris Jr. and Caleb Williams. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Bring them both down. Yeah. Drake, man. Come on down. Uh, so we will go to the locks of the week to finish the show up. So last week, Kevin, he was two and four overall, and he missed his lock with the Europeans taking home the Ryder Cup. Still four and two on your locks, Kevin. 18 and 16 overall. You still should be, you know, smoking that stogie. You should be feeling good about yourself. Uh, what do you have this week, Kev? Uh, this is a this is a weird one, right? Um, so the the public is going to look at this and be like, okay, this team is in shambles. I've got they're just not good. You got a good Kansas State coming to town, but I love Oklahoma State getting eleven and a half at home in prime time on an odd night. All right, so there's there's you guys know I love home dogs in prime home time. Dogs I love time. I love home dogs in prime time playing on a weird night. Like it, the, 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 the Pope faithful are going to be just drunk and crazy tomorrow on a Friday night in Stillwater. I think the emotions of it, they're coming off a of bye week. I think Gundy is Gundy is fighting for his life and his job. The guy, I still think the guy's one of the best football coaches in America, no matter what people say. He turned yeah. Oklahoma State into a perennial nine-win team. This is not this is not a place that's very easy to win in in college football. It's his alma mater. I, people who he's done, no, trust me, the guy's not done. Give me the 11 and a half points for the Pokes to cover against Kansas State. I might have a little fun and sprinkle something on the money line for that one as well. And just remember, he's a man. <laughs> he's a man. He's 50 now. He's 55. All right. I, I, I really like that pick coming off the bye week because you're right. They were in shambles. They they couldn't score. They they were terrible to start the season, like downright bad, need to be relegated out of the Big 12 bad. Um, but And Matt, and, and I wish I had them some music to play for you, some theme music, you know, uh, because they don't call it a comeback. He's been here for years. All right. So Matt, <laughs> 16 and 18 overall, uh, two and four last week. But the locks, though. The locks. He's three and three. He got his lock last week. So Matt, come up. You know you're you're closing in. You know you're getting your you're nearing on lock. So what do you got this week, Matt? I'm I'm right where I need to be. That's right. Um, right where you want him. Uh, I'm going back out to Columbus, Ohio, and I'm taking the over 57 and a half for the Buckeyes and the Terrapins. I both of these teams can score, and again, like I said in my my analysis, I think Maryland's got the better offense here. I think Maryland will put the pressure on Oklahoma State or Oklahoma, on Ohio State to score in this game. I think you'll see some early touchdowns from Maryland, maybe a long strike or two, and um, it's going to make Ohio State need to score here and kind of stay on top of it. So at 57 to me um, in the series – Ohio State's 8-0 versus Maryland, and during those eight games, they average 57 points versus the Terrapins. Yes, this might be a different Terrapin team, but, I mean, they're averaging what the over-under is. 
I I think this is easily into the 30s, um, if not high, you know, high 30s, low or high 20s um, for both teams. So uh, give me give me the over 57 and a half as my lock of the week in Columbus. All right. Well, uh, normally we will do, you know, we have our little late night fun. Uh, We're going to cut it short here in a sec, but uh, you know, Kev's on time restriction and, you know, he's pressed for time, but uh, I'm having a little fun with him here. So real quick, Friday night, Illinois, three and a half point favorite at home. Real quick, quick pick, Kev. Uh, give, me, give me Nebraska in the points. I think Nebraska went straight up. Okay. Yeah. All right, Matt. Three and a half point favorite Illinois. Uh, is or After what we saw in, in West Lafayette, no key changes. Lunny not going to call any different plays. The defense, you know, they're going to change for the scheme, zone running scheme of Nebraska. Do you see anything like that? Yeah. I, I'm with Kev here on his thinking. I'm going to take Illini minus three and a half. Um, just because of how putrid that performance was last week, I yeah, I don't know. Yep. It's it's like you, you got to do something. This is might be one of the only chances to get a win. It's a home game. Um, again, it's Friday underneath the lights on a weird night. Um, I think these are both pretty bad football teams. Let's be honest. I think, but I think too with how bad Nebraska is has to play into it. I mean. They can run, they can I, I, run I the ball and Illinois can't stop the run. That's the problem. It, it is. It's true. And I'm probably thinking on and with my heart here a little bit, but um, it's just they, Illinois got to do something. Okay. I mean, at some point, when do you put eight, nine guys in the box and just make make the guy who doesn't yeah. throw that well throw the ball and beat him? I mean, that, it, to me, that's what I would do. But, you know. It, it would be nice. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it, would fans really give me that hard of a time like – Hey, he uh, he did stack the box. He knew they were gonna run. Hey, but, you know. Hey, and I'm I'm fully aware. I've said it multiple times. The show. All my heart picks have, have blown up in my face. I certainly hope this one does. So. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, so there we have another week, another episode, um, and uh, we appreciate everybody jumping on. So Saint Dominic's Rosary, Sean Garner, we appreciate the comments. That'll do it, guys. Enjoy the rest of your week. Friday night, 7 p.m. on FS1. And if you're going to show up, I'll be at Memorial Stadium. So that'll do it. Swami out. Okay. I-L-L. I and I.